Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. We've all been there, Rightfield. <laughs> That was my attempted Dumpty Dum on a recorder. Uh, it's Claire from Clapham. I'm going to ring in later for something else. But I thought I'd give you a Dumpty Dum. I only had to do that about eight times. Woohoo! <laughs> well, that's brought it all back to me. That has playing the cuckoo song endlessly in primary school over and over again. That's such a sexist instrument, the recorder, isn't it? Uh, boy, why don't boys play the recorder? They no, they never did in my school. Well, they do nowadays. Oh, well, that's a good thing then. Awesome. This is Dumpty Dum. At my, at my, hang on a minute. At my son's mm. school, the little, that when he was at primary, they um, <laughs> because the recorder is when there's a group of children all playing the recorder <laughs> badly, it sounds like hell on earth. There's nothing, nothing as awful apart from small children playing the uh, violin, probably. And people then they all learning and, the what? violin. That's worse. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And then they, and then when they play the recorder, they all stop and shake the spit out of them at the same time, which is also revolting. Um, and because the sound was so awful at William's school, they switched to playing the ukulele. So they, <laughs> <laughs> it was really sweet. They had these these sort of thirty little ukulele players instead. And um, we were listening to music on the way to school one day, and um, Michael Jackson's "Bad" came mm. on. And William said, this is a very, very fast, difficult song. And I said, is it? He said, well, it is when you're playing it on the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> so there were 30 of them all playing Who's Bad on the ukulele. <laughs> so sweet. Well, thank you for that wonderful story, Lucy. <laughs> because these is dumpty dum this show about the reality juggy drama that has entered an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. <laughs> my brain is not coordinating with my mouth. It's the heat. Uh, 
yeah, oh, I've been absolutely awful, dear listener. The amount of edits we're about to make, and we haven't even started the show. Uh, <laughs> I am the cool woman of the world that is Royfield Brown, and with me, I have the out of control adolescent that is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Lily's ill starred affairs, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum comes from our wonderful housing expert, Claire Asprey. <laughs> wow, Claire, how long have you been practicing uh, the, the recorder? How many years do you think she's been fiddling with that thing in her mouth, Luce? Twelve. <clears throat> I really do hope not. I hope it was just 12 <laughs> minutes, Claire. I really do. <laughs> because, goodness gracious me. Anyway, uh, Lucy, if somebody wants uh-huh. to send us in a dum-de-dum, uh, maybe they want to do it by playing on a flute, on a recorder, on a, on a lute even, or even on a ukulele. Um, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or get your boyfriend to manage your entire house move while you pretend to be busy, call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and to Derek for the back bedroom. Uh, Derek's not had a good week as he got so boiling on Wednesday, he clambered naked into the Bridge Farm chiller cabinet. Um, Pat was furious, but he said he was just trying to cool his plums. Yay. On (laughs) this week's episode, we have, well, for a start, where were you last week? Well, (coughs) um, (coughs) the time just... It all ran away with us, didn't it, really? Well, it sounds to me like you're in the bronchial department of the local yeah. hospital by the sounds of things. Yes, well, Is your chest all right? No. Um, but uh, yes, it was just, we just ran out of time. Mm. It all got a bit muddled. Work did, and children. And do you know what? You deserved a break, didn't you, love? I did, but it was slightly odd hearing that you'd put out a best of because it made me feel as if I'd died. Actually, you know what? Somebody did message me to say, as, as Lucy flounced off. <laughs> <laughs> I said die, not flounced off. That's no, really no, no. flouncing. A, I'm a, going to die. That'll serve you right. <laughs> I got a message on the Book of Faith saying, has Lucy died or has she, has, has she uh, well, not died, has <laughs> Lucy gone off in a fit of peak or uh, <laughs> uh, have you chopped her? And I went, if I chop her, there's no show. So I haven't done that. I said, she's having a rest. He says, oh. Okay, they were just checking. But anyway, okay. it, nice. it, it is nice to hear your, hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Um on this week's episode, folks, we hear from Witherspoon, Auntie Jean, and Bly Spirit. But first, before all of that, it's our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. We began the week with a lovely heartwarming scene between Fallon and Jazza. Jazza was the world's most unlikely gok wan, pottering around bridal <laughs> shops, becoming even more incoherent than normal on Prosecco, talking about tea dresses and admiring Fallon's bangers. She emerged in one dress <laughs> and she said, this is awful, a meringue. And he said, no, you're not wrong. It is awful. Then in a staggering flash of genius based purely on the fact that Fallon's entire business and way of life is based around vintage and upcycling, he suggested that she might get a vintage upcycled wedding dress. Good Lord, who would have thought? (laughs) Debbie came back. Hurrah! She saw the Aldridge distress signal projected into the sky, a pair of crossed loafers, and came roaring into Ambridge, stopping off only to rescue some Thai boys out of a cave on the way and punch Elon Musk in the face. Ruth suddenly realised that chucking herself off a girder holding onto an elastic band was infinitely preferable to being trapped in the middle of the warring Aldridges, who are all going completely mad. 
Alice has turned into a sort of Sloan Ranger Tony Soprano and was driving around the countryside bullying people into not upsetting her father. Alice is absolutely a chip off the old leather-bound mahogany Brian block. (laughs) They are both selfish buggers with an incipient drink problem. Debbie said Jenny Darling seemed unsettled. Brian described her as confused. She's not either. She's hopping bloody mad at the ingratitude and inability to work together displayed by her ego-ridden family and the fact that she's going to have to go and live in a skit behind the back of the mini-mart. She's developed <laughs> jeweler levels. Oh, don't worry about waiting for me to sit down to dinner. Start without me. I'll just hover on this spike over here. Don't worry about stacking the dishwasher, darling. I'll clean each plate individually in the am with a stick. Even Adam traded in his quietly sinister voice for his shouty cross voice. You're going to leave Rory without a voice, said Adam. Oh, leave it out, Adam. He hasn't had one for 16 years. And anyway, all Ruth said in that episode was, go on, which wouldn't have been a tremendous help in the board meeting anyway. Uh, Alistair is feeling that his life is out of control and all women lie, secretly hate him and are plotting his downfall. So he's going to serve them all right by wrecking his life himself, unaided, by zooming straight back on the slot machines again. Ha ha, that'll teach him. Mm-hmm. And talking of the gender war, sometimes Archer's listeners talk about the fact that the women on the Archers are perceived as much smarter and more interesting than the men. And then we listened mm-hmm. to half an episode in which practically every man in Ambridge stood about in Robert's shed and studied the interior of a whack-a-mole machine. Meanwhile, Debbie and Kate had a discussion <laughs> about motherhood, self-respect and the connection between physical well-being and the natural world. Funny little things, women, aren't they? <laughs> talking of the whack-a-mole... An interesting little nugget of information that came out of Shed Chat was that apparently James and Leone <laughs> borrowed Robert's angle grinder. The hell for? They live in a flat in Kensington or something. What the bloody hell were they doing with an angle grinder? Struggling with an unusually feisty sourdough crust. <laughs> The village fate limps along like an elderly and smelly retriever that should have been put down years ago, but no one has the heart to, with Linda employing the tactic that has served her so irritatingly for the village pantomime, namely popping up from behind bushes and pursuing people down the road, initially asking nicely for their help before switching immediately to emotional blackmail and ending up with abuse. Bewilderingly, Emma Grundy has added goalkeeping to her plucking, baking, waitressing and child-rearing skills. And by the way, how do the Bridge Farm crew never, ever get involved in village events? Are they too sneery? I personally would pay good money to watch Helen Archer being pelted with footballs. Linda Mm -hmm. is also still looking for a judge for pets piss all over the place. Emma's got a penal club qualification up her sleeve that she's not mentioned to anyone. She did a sandwich course in dog appreciation over the internet on her headphones while she was cutting Peggy's toenails. The scriptwriters obviously thought this week that with the fall of the House of Aldridge going on, we might need some light relief. So as well as pets pissing all over the place, we also had the (laughs) hilarious news that Morris is going to be doing fortune telling at the fate. Oh, I laughed till I cried. Morris makes sausages and has been mute for the past year. And this is hilarious because normally Sabrina Thwaite does fortune telling and she's been mute forever. Archer's Mm. comedy at its best, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And then we switch to a totally baffling scene with Hannah and Neil in what appeared to be a Roman amphitheatre, judging by the echo, and found out that Duncan was a bit poorly and couldn't come in. Who or what is Duncan? Unless he has swine flu, I can't really see how he's relevant or interesting. One of the most revealing chats of the week was between Susan and Emma, in which Susan made her entirely hypocritical social position absolutely clear and was such a beautiful piece of writing, I applauded, much to the surprise of the dog in the middle of Epping Forest. I shall paraphrase. 
No need to kick up too much of a fuss about the housing, said Susan to Emma. People like that always get what they want, while good, honest working people don't. But don't annoy the people who are stopping you getting what you want, the people I've just spent 10 minutes criticising, because I've made it my life's work to be closely associated with those people, even though I completely despise them. I hope that's clear, Emma. (laughs) Right, said Emma, and went off to see Jimus, who even though he delivers most of his conversation in Latin, is still less confusing to talk to than Susan. And we ended the week with the tense meeting at Homicidal Farm. They're going to sell it. Oh, darling, said Jennifer. Is that why you think I stayed with you? Because of the house? Well, you're right, it is. That and the swimming pool and the deer park anyway. So let's see how attractive you are when you're shuffling round a cottage near the bypass in your slippers with nary a boiling water tap to be seen, darling. And let's see how much the children respect you then. As Brian, who has now entirely turned into King Lear, could say, how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. Or possibly, more appropriately, thou shouldst not have been old till thou had been wise. The end. Goodness. You've never ended thus before. <laughs> you are clever, aren't you? He is, though. It's totally King, <coughs> King Lear, isn't it? Well. The inheritance, choosing between the children. Alice at the moment is, is um, no, she's not Cordelia. She, well, she's either Goneril or Regan, I'm not sure. But... All right. You, you're, you're presupposing that I mm-hmm. know uh, the intricate plot twists and oh. Of King Lear. Right. Mm. Remember. Basically, it's you... the Aldridge's. <laughs> but one thing I did marvel about um, in the last week was just how this has this thing has been intricately put together for quite some time in terms of the plot. So we had the yeah. whole, we need to have the share partnership. And we've had Kate be halfway good at something for once and the wider ramifications of that that actually um phoebe feels closer to her because she actually feels proud Mm -hmm. of her mother Mm -hmm. and even though kate is being blind to the overall ramifications of her intransigence actually what it will do to the business you kind of understood it with that conversation um, you know, with, with her big sis, with, with Debbie, that actually she says, this is the only thing I've ever done which I've been any good at. And you that's know. why I think Auntie Jean makes the point about why can't she just move the sodding yurts? But as she said, I'm always running away. I'm yeah. always the one who's moving. Yeah, you know, listen, a- a- absolutely. And and even, and we say <clears> that she, you know, she has this uh, lack of self-awareness, but no, the first thing she says to Debbie, when, when she says, I can't move it anywhere else because, you know, because of the energy. And she says, to Debbie, I know you, you'll think that's funny. And Debbie says, no, you know, and she, so she knows, she gets it that people see her as this kind of hippie crank yeah. and don't take her seriously. And she wants to be taken seriously. And she's, absolutely thoroughly believes in it and, and i love love that scene and and my whole kind of wider point is that whoever decided on this storyline and to construct it uh, in the way that i have you know a round of applause uh to yeah. them because yeah. it is the the dynamic between jennifer and brian and jennifer as we've always said actually does have a, a spine of steel and she's the one that will take all the social brickbats about mm-hmm. you know having to sell the house and yeah. I mean, can you imagine Susan? Susan, this, my God, what a year for Susan. Neil's a manager 
and <laughs> she's got a tabard, and the art and the oldages are being booted out of their house. I know. You know, she, it's like all her Christmases have come at once. Listen, a- a- absolutely. And you're having this kind of four way, five way fight squabble, and you get. With the possible exception of Alice, who's just like a, a drunk on speed, from what I can see. Do you know what I mean? She's just like a, a rock violet. It's just like, oh, yeah. right. But you, you get everybody's perspective. Brian that says, I've provided for my family. And if we have to sell the house, it's like cutting my balls off. He literally did mm-hmm. say, this emasculates me. This is what has made me yeah. a man. You know, you've got Adam and and his perspective. You've got Debbie just wanting to play Switzerland in the whole thing. You know, or Kofi yeah. and Anne. You, oh, you, and then you, it's just brilliant, loose. It's genius, and it's They've so well done. They've played such a long game. They They've have. Kind of, they, they started years ago, didn't they? They have. You know, it, the it's partnership and everything. Absolutely. And, but also, I really liked Brian saying. Making making absolutely no bones about it. Say, look, I have failed morally. I have abjectly failed morally. Mm. I have put people in the most appalling situations, namely Jenny mm. and his other children and everything. But the one thing that I have done is been able to give her a swanky house. Yeah. And now I can't do that anymore. Yep. You know, and it's like he he knows his, Brian's self awareness is actually quite. Mm. high, which is what makes him funny because you need a level of self awareness to be funny. And then Jennifer says, you know, I'm. I wasn't with you because I needed you. I was with you because I wanted yeah. to be here, you know, which was actually really mm. quite touching. And, you know, mm. and basically uh, family comes first. We will survive this. You know, mm. I, I just lose. I think it's awesome. Also, Brian's weakness is um, when he when he was speaking to Debbie, you know, you know, Debbie, please come home type of thing. You know, yeah. I need you. He, was, no one's listening to me. That's what he said, wasn't it? <laughs> he suddenly... <laughs> There's a, there's a sort of a petulant child in cords, not very not very far <laughs> below the surface in Brian. It doesn't take him very long to sort of start going, what about me? You know. I'll go so far as to say that this, in terms of cleverness of writing, is absolutely up there with, with, with the Robin Helen. You know, mm. it, it doesn't obviously have the terrible uh, depths of um, abuse and, and, and violence and menace and all of that. But this is like real life, everyday shit, basically, played out and also so no one, well. No, no one's acting out of... No one is kind of um, clanging out of tune, are they? Yeah, Everyone no, is absolutely. I mean, but... Alice is being an absolute bitch. She really is. Oh, listen, this is this donking is... away at Ruth, and oh, you know, loose. This is in part the reason why I love this because you know, as I've always said, you know, to, to hell with kind of like plot. And yes, there's a certain amount of plot here, but this is this is absolutely character driven. But they have turned the wick up with Alice haven't they, in the last couple of years mm. with the with the drinking, and she does have an edge, and with the partying, and the fact she can be quite belligerent. But she is just mm. daddy's girl now. We know she's daddy's yeah. girl and she's going to defend yeah. her father, whatever. She came over to box hell out of Ruth. Oh, it was a glory to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, this is what we pay our license fee for. It was just, it was just great. And there's this, you know, Ruth's just like stunned and like, okay, then, yeah. well, uh, okay, well, um, I won't do anything then, you know. Yeah. And then Adam coming round and saying, well, yeah. Alice said, what? This You're going to leave him without a voice. <laughs> hey, oh, shut up, <laughs> no, this is this has been a, a thing of just like 
utter utter script mm. writing gold platinum mm. even forget forget yeah. that yeah it's probably by I brain. did feel sorry for for um poor old Debbie though because she you know there's this expectation Debbie will fix it Debbie will fix it Debbie will fix it and you know they put she's sort of coming home at a moment's notice she's had everybody ringing her and you can't fix it. So she's just wandering around with a bit of paper with some funny plans drawn on it and a big mm. cross mark through them all when they don't work. You know, she they can't keep, you know, there's only she's only human. There's only so much she can do. And this is not fixable. She was she was that uh, she's that modern. All the plans were on a tablet, Lucy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Because she said she oh, this tablet's been playing up. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so I, I just loved it. But I tell you one thing I was somewhat surprised that you didn't mention in your monologue uh, was uh, Josh getting his comeuppance by, by his dad. Yeah, that makes me somewhat uncomfortable, to be honest, that storyline, because I think <clears throat> there is a there is a definite issue with parents being harder on the child that's their own gender than they do on the child of opposing gender. And there is no way that he is as hard on Pip as he is on Josh Mm. about anything. And um, it's a side of David I don't like, so I just pretend it's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, that's what's going on there. (laughs) But Okay. And as always, you bring something up which... If I was aware of it, I was only um, loosely aware of it, and it was in the rattling in the back of my cranium, and I'd forgotten that I was ever aware of it. So, so that issue about parents and the you know the gender of of, of their child and how they relate to them, you know, is one thing. Put that to one side. Josh is the most on it of young entrepreneurs. Like he knows what his bottom line is. Yeah, we've had this before with Rex underselling things, and he tore a strip yeah. off Rex months ago uh, because he's he knows what his margins are. He knows that he needs to then resell this thing and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think David is being utterly correct in saying, "Hmm, one thing you haven't factored into any of this mm. is the fact that you are getting free rent to to house all this stuff," mm. and I think. And I could be wrong here. Davy's attitude is thus, that if you were pulling your weight around the farm and not doing everything begrudgingly, if at all, would let it slide. Yeah. But it's because he is being a a little bit of a a, a snivelling snot and like, oh, do I have to? Can can Pip not do it? Uh, Your sister is like 18 months pregnant. No, she can't type of thing. And you've got a couple of uh, combine harvesters, you know, in the outhouse. It's taking up space. Uh, you know, so it's a case of you can't have it both ways, Josh. Yeah. 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 And I did like the where they're both trying to sort of get one over on each other with him yes. saying, oh, well, it's much it's much better if you wait until the next financial year because it will be less complicated and I'll know what my bottom line is. And he says, oh, we could do it this way. And, you know, it, it's it was too... It was the elder, it was the silver back of the tribe sort of squaring up to the... The young gun, mm. wasn't it? This week was written by Adrian Flynn, and uh, I think he deserves a clappity clap. Yes, <laughs> because you are right. That was a great exchange, and we've had a whole week of great exchanges, invariably mm. from the Aldridges. But like that was a good mm-hmm. one from from the Brookers lot. Um, all this dog counting malarkey. I, I'm not interested. Ugh. But why don't you talk about it? 
well, I've got nothing to say. I mean, I like the fact that they suggested it barked just so we could tell whether or not it was doing it. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise it would be somewhat pointless on the radio to have a dog stamping. Mm. Yes. Um, yes, it's a load of cobblers, isn't it? Um, but I did like Linda's line about Monty, not on the lemon balm. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing how many people have their herb gardens at dog piss level and then wonder if people are reluctant to eat their cooking. Um, it's all fresh from the garden, is it? Oh. Uh, <coughs> I'm worried about yes, your no, chest, Freeman. <laughs> I shall keep an eye on my chest, thank you very much. I think, um, yes, I think they are just trying to kind of – this is filler, isn't it? It's just absolute kind of frivolous filler because, you know – because the audiences are imploding, uh, which is serious. And I mean, it's got ramifications in so many ways. It's got ramifications for Adam's uh, baby. Um, uh, and it, one thing I don't get, though, mm. is actually, can we play Bride Spirit? Because she talks about this. All right. So basically what you're saying is, shall we go to the calls then? Yes. All right, then. Let's hear from one of the characters of the week. It's Ruth first. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hello, Dunty Dum, Blythe Spirit calling. Well, I have to admit to being somewhat nonplussed by the events in this week's Ambridge shenanigans. The fall of the House of Aldridge has become distinctly Shakespearean, extremely overwrought and slightly unbelievable. The one thing that has come out of it, though, which is very, very clear, is that the Aldridges really are so dependent on money. It's very much a house of cards, isn't it? When they don't have any, all of a sudden things just completely go into free fall. It's quite unbelievable. What really did get my goat this week, though, was Ruth. Oh, my goodness. How she could possibly sit there and say to Jenny, well, selling the house would be a good thing and saying, well, we stayed because of the land. What an absolute load of bollards. Hypocritical, <laughs> <laughs> cant, lying. Oh, don't get me started on that woman. If we think back, and this could be a slight block in the uh, the script writer stroke editorial timeline, Ruth wanted to leave. She damn well wanted to leave and she wanted to drag her family away for basically a woman whose days were already numbered. It's patently obvious her mother was sick. Um, and in the in the scheme of things, she would have taken them, made a massive permanent move for the sake of someone who was literally only going to survive like a couple of months. And David was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. He was in such a bad way. And Brookfield was his home. He needed to stay. And she was so <laughs> unrecognizing of that fact. So, no, Ruth, not happy with you at all. Um, apart from that, I'm sure other people will talk about Jazza and Fallon, so I'll, I'll leave that with them. But uh, otherwise, I hope everyone is well out there in Dumpty Dumland and not wilting in this awful heat. Hopefully, I will speak to you again soon. Cheers now. Bye. We, we need to say, don't we, that actually, because we didn't do a show last week, that the calls are from the week before. Yeah. Mm. So, yes. so everybody, because we didn't do a show last week, the career of these calls were on the week before. There you go. Uh, so, um, yeah, as you were, Freeman. I, I, I'm not sure whether, I mean, I know, regardless, I know Blind Spirit doesn't like Ruth and just sort of thinks that, that anyway that she was giving daft advice, but I'm not entirely sure why Ruth is still need. If he's 16, why is she still needed? 
to be an advocate. I mean, I know he hasn't physically got a voice because there's no actor been assigned to the character yet, but it just seems a bit ridiculous that we... We've now reached the point where, you know, there's a door closed. Bye, bye then, Rory. You know, and you're like, oh, for God's sake, just let us hear him for, you know, he's a, we, with million, million Tilly, Molly and Tilly Button. He's with, you know, oh, he gets on so well with Ben, doesn't he? Yes, that's because they neither of them have got voice boxes. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and it, surely at 16, we hear that he's got these views about the house and said, <clears throat> you know, I... um I don't want to, I, I would be happy to, uh, to move, I'd rather move house than have all this arguing all the time. But why can't we hear him say that? It just seems a bit daft and it seems as if Ruth doesn't really have much contact with Rory. She's just acting on his behalf without actually consulting him. And, you know, he's 16, he's not six. It just seems nuts. Well, as as we know, I know little about the legals. Uh, but isn't age of majority with these types of things 18? Yeah, but Though, okay, I then. So maybe make, he can't. He's not authorized to have I a vote. I think you make. He could still. Well, speak. yes, and you make a very strong point about the fact that Ruth never actually says, "I've had a word with Rory, and I've run it. You know, run things no. by him, and this is what he thinks." Though, other people have actually said that, <laughs> which it, which it, yeah, which is bizarre. Yeah. Not the people. Yes, it it's just it is it just it just is starting to sound a bit mm. daft now. And is it he really actually sixteen? And hearing that his best friends with and and <laughs> hearing that his best friends with three other silent characters is yeah. just mad. And is he actually sixteen? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's grown up pretty fast, hasn't he? I'm going to look it up. Mm. Time fly. Yes. He was born in 2002, so what does that make him? 16. Yeah. 16 this year. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anisha and Rex. Sorry, Anisha and Rex. Now, it is entirely possible that I missed an episode, but was there an episode where Anisha actually said, you are coming with me, Rex, aren't you? There's a new flat. I seem to just come in things. Okay, I just came into things where she said, you are coming with me, like he already knew this. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. She she told him about Newmarket and she was going, and I'm going there and I'm going there. And he said, why didn't you tell me? And she said, but you are coming with me, aren't you? Wouldn't, would you like to? And he said, yes. Or he said, I'll think about it. And then I'll think about it. Yes. Okay. I will. Huh. Okay. All right. Uh, well then. It wasn't, she didn't, she didn't do him the respect of actually giving him any time to think about it or anything. Cause it's, that's just not what she's like. Yes. Well, that's not good then, is it? Not really. But well, he's not going to go, is he? He's going to deliver Ruth's baby. No, not Ruth's baby. <laughs> he's going to deliver Pip's baby. He's going to deliver the pipette, and then he's going to, um, uh, and he and the uh, uh, old lunatic won't be there, and he will instead, and he will deliver the baby, and it will be all very sitcommy, rom-commy, and then he'll cry, and then he'll say, "I can't leave you," blah blah blah, and then he won't go. That's, That's so not oh, yes. what's going to happen. Categorically yes, telling you. Right. you. There's a reason why you are the comedy script writer that you are, but you're actually not like you don't write drama because nothing more hackneyed and cliched have I, no, I ever it. heard in my whole life. That was pretty cheesy. <laughs> At least it's not happening on Christmas Eve. That's the only oh, way it could true. be any more that cliched. Or mm. Valentine's Day. Uh, shall we have another call? 
Let us have Viverspoon. Aight. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. I'm going to be briefer today. There is a new worst human in Ambridge, and his name is Freddie Pargeter. Yes, I know that Sister mm. Lily is having a secret affair with the professor. She's being taken advantage by a person who is most likely a serial philanderer, and she is hurting both herself and the professor's wife. However... Despite what Freddie is trying to rationalize, there is no moral equivalency between having an affair and having a drug dealing operation. <laughs> Freddie's establishing a sales unit among the pickers is especially despicable. He's encouraging them to waste their hard earned money when I'm sure they have better uses for it. As Lily pointed out, Freddie is also putting Adam's business at great risk. If Freddie is arrested and his operation uncovered, it would be difficult for Adam to attract any workers next summer. Freddie's concern for only his wallet, his lack of concern for all others' well-being, and his rationalization of his behavior are all quite sociopathic. So a few predictions. Someone is going to overdose. Freddie will be arrested. I don't see how the scriptwriters will let him get away with this. He will spe be spending some part of the summer in the slammer instead of touring Europe. And Adam's business and home farm will take another publicity hit. The fall of the House of Aldridge continues. Oh. Talk to you all soon. That's a yeah. good shout, that isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing is, it's the only thing Freddy's ever been good at. It's the only useful thing <laughs> Freddy's ever found he can actually do. No, he's a pretty so good far, DJ. Pretty good it. DJ, too. Oh, yeah. But nobody wants him Fallon to be a DJ. They does. do want him to sell them drugs. Fallon. Fallon. What? He's DJing at Fallon's what wedding. Fallon? Oh, yeah. <coughs> um, I think, personally... Mm. I, I think I think um, Witherspoon is being far too nice, and I I don't think it's the case that the pickers hadn't considered getting weed from somewhere, <laughs> and it was only Freddie that introduced the concept to them. I'm sure they've you know, it doesn't take very long, does it, for a group of young people to find the nearest person in a tracksuit and say, "Oi, do you know anywhere?" The nearest person in a tracksuit. Not as a dealer, but she said, just find the first kid you come across in a tracksuit and said, where's the best place to buy whatever? And they'll tell you. <laughs> mm, you're probably right. You're probably mm. right. Uh, oh, I found out an interesting fact today. Okay, go on. Lucy's interesting facts. Mm -hmm. A pargita, as in Freddie Pargita, mm -hmm. is a decorative. Is pargeting is um, waterproof uh, decorative plastering that's applied to building walls, and um, particularly in Suffolk and Essex. And if you do pargeting, then you are a pargeter. So that is what uh, the origin of Nigel and Freddie's name is. Oh, that is interesting. And it's quite interesting because it's it's a very very kind of um, uh, one of the best uh, regarded pargeters is Bill Sargent apparently, who still does it. And um, it's quite interesting because it means that they came from sort of um, yeoman stock, the Pargeters. Oh, hmm. that is interesting. Uh, and, how, and why did that fall into your uh, purview today? 
because I was reading a book from the 1920s and pargeting was mentioned as a thing. And I thought, oh, I wonder if you do pargeting, you are a pargeter. And I looked it up and you were. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Well, probably not, but I thought so. I think calling in the worst person in Ambridge with a spoon is a bit much. <laughs> he's, up, he's up against some fierce competition. Maybe this week he is, yes. Mm. And, and actually, I've slightly missed um, Freddie and Lily this week. It's only very Have slightly. You? Only in hindsight. Only in hindsight, it has to be said. Yeah. I Don't get me wrong. You can give me orgies all day long. Right. But just in hindsight, I'm like, oh. I just feel like, you know, we've missed out just a little just to see how mm-hmm. that kind of storyline, you know, has been. Developed. I'm really worried about Lily because it's all going it's all going wrong exactly as predicted, isn't it? You know, he's cancelling arrangements at the yeah. last minute via text. And, you know, she didn't have her nice holiday. She ended up going to flip in Aberystwyth. Not that there's anything wrong with Aberystwyth, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's saying, right, I can see you in 10 minutes. And she's rushing around getting ready. And then he's going, no, I can't, you know. And, oh, it's so sad. Mm. But much like her mother. Yes. He was in exactly the same position. Well, dare I say, haven't we all at some point, though, Luce? Haven't we all? Mm. Mm. Now, shall we have another caller in her? Yes, Auntie Jean now, the voice of reason. Yes. Hello, everyone. In Dumpty Dum Land, it's Auntie Jean here. Stand by, I'm going to have a bit of a rant. First of all, Anisha. If Alistair hasn't got the money, then Alistair hasn't got the money, even if he does get paid off by Shula. I don't see why he should fork it out to Anisha. So what you should say to her is, you find me an equine partner who I can work with and get him or her to buy you out. And that's how it should work. End of story. It's just a nonsense otherwise, because otherwise all they did was bring Anisha in to cause more problems for Alistair after she dumped him. Which, uh, to me, is just a nonsense. Anyway, home farm. Well, who knew they had cherry trees? Well, apparently they have. So, Here's the thing, Kate, you're an ass. Those are yours. They can move. <laughs> move them to somewhere else. <laughs> Anywhere you like. Loomy, possibly. And if they can't do that, it's a 1,200-acre farm at least. 1,200 acres. And you're telling me that they can't find 30 acres without yurts or without cherry trees? Because I don't believe it, personally. Driving me nutty. Anyway, thank God for Jazza is all I'm saying. Well, I hope everybody's well. I've got that off my chest. I will speak to you again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> I did think uh, what our auntie did think about the, uh, the deal uh, and the partnership arrangement with Anisha. Obviously, we're not privy to exactly the partnership arrangement, but why is it beholden on Alistair if she wants to terminate it why is it why is the pressure on Alistair yeah because she wants to terminate it so if she wants to terminate it it's for her yeah she's breaking the partnership so surely it's for her to find a partner to uh, to come into the business who's going to buy her share Alistair could just say you know what yeah whatever's basically yeah this does smack to me of a very, very rushed storyline, as if it's going awry a lot quicker than they thought it would. Well, as if 
situate that circumstances have changed? I mm, possibly. It it makes sense. The only way that this whole if it's not been, you know, she's got a big job in Hollywood or on a big soap and she just has to leave, right? So let's say that that's not the case. It only makes sense that she's come in for exactly for Alice's divorce, for it to just to just to knacker it. And she's a plot device for that. And we had to sit through her with her and Rex and the silly drinking game or whatever, just to establish her as a character with some kind of metal, so to speak, to be in Ambridge. But but that's it, that she's just there to pull the rug from underneath Alistair, just as Alice is going through a divorce. Yeah. But I repeat, and I completely and utterly agree with you, Auntie Jean, why is this actually for Alistair's problem? problem. Yeah. It should yeah. be a case of, all right, Anisha, right? You're going yeah. off and getting a new job, right? You find yeah. somebody to buy your share because you want to yeah. know what? No biggie for me, right? I will just deduct all the all the extra um, sessions that whatever the other vet, his name is, which I completely forget, <laughs> has to do. We'll just deduct, yeah. that, uh, deduct that out of your profits at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. End of. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. It, I think you could quite happily draw, uh, yeah, steer Bartleby through the middle of this and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, um, you know what? We don't have any of Lucy. What? Emails. No, we don't. Uh, so this is a, it's a call going out to you, dear listener. If you're a little bit scared to get on the old speak pipe or on the old phone line, you can actually uh, email us in a prop prediction. Or just like talk about stuff as long as it's kind of archers, loosely archers related. You can email us by going on to dumdydum.com and hitting contact us. And then Lucy and I get that said email. And invariably, Lucy reads it out because she's better at reading things out than me. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what else happened last week? We had some dog shenanigans, uh, which are just, you know, whatever. We've done Rex and Anisha. We've done Debbie speaking to, to all of uh, her siblings and, uh, and Ruth getting it in the neck. Um, have we spent enough time on Emma and, uh, the lack of oh, affordable housing? Emma. I think that's going to kick off very soon. I think we don't need to talk about that yet because I think that story yeah. is going to develop into right. a massive thing. I think you're right. So do you think Neil should be wearing a waistcoat? <laughs> that was lovely. I know. It was absolutely lovely. And whoever shoot decided to shoehorn that in and get them to yeah. record that, yeah. uh, you know, hats off. I think one of my favourite, actually, one of my favourite, all the... Um, all the Aldridge script, all the exchange between David and Josh. Still, my favourite, my favourite line of the week was <laughs> Susan in the car park shouting, "Ooh, Neil!" <laughs> 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 and he's going, "Oh, blimey!" You know what he's like? Whether or not she's a bloody biohazard or whatever it was. No, that 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 was that was lovely, and. um Yes, uh, I, I just though the 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 little uh, interjections of the England the football team, but yeah, you yeah. know Neil, you should start wearing a waistcoat. You know, yeah. all manner of genius. And on that yeah. note, uh, our loose being as we've got no emails to prattle on about, 
and you don't want to talk about um, the post-England come down vis-a-vis the World Cup, we best have an ad break, come back the other side, the touch of the yokel bears. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to The Things That Made England. I'm Roy Field-Brown and with me I have... David Crowther of The History of England. It was the best of time. It was the worst of time. She was the people's princess. We shall fight on the beaches. Oh wait, man. These are the things that made England. We shall fight on the landing ground. These are the things that made I England. I have a body but of a weak and feeble woman. These are the things that made England. And the King of England, too. These are the things that made England. Cry God for Harry! And these are the things that made England. England! And St. George! These are the things that made England. It gives wind in Churchill's sails to say we can continue to fight on. Well, there cannot be many more famous events in English history than 1066. It hurts, (laughs) even now. Because 1066 is important. Yeah. But... There's aspects of modern British culture which I think get overlooked. So I'm proposing that this week we do Scar. For me, the English flag has in the past certainly become associated with factionalism and, well, hideous racist and far-right views. And it's turned into a thing of disunity and almost xenophobia. The idea of this show is to decide on what things that make England as she is. The country that, despite it all, we feel lucky to be part of. Every week, one of us, that is David and I, will pitch an idea to the other to be designated as one of the things that makes England distinctive. Go and join our shiny new Facebook site where once a month we will post a poll where, should you so desire, you can make your own very suggestions for applications to the I Made England Award. So, without more ado, let's do it. Good day, everyone. Well, I started the week by uh, pointing out that there was a lot of wisdom being shared in Ambridge at the moment, and did anyone have advice for anyone else? I actually meant, do you have advice for anyone in Ambridge? But our wonderful Dumpty Dum responders uh, talked about just general advice, and it was fabulous. 
So I shall, I shall share that with you. Sue Howard said, keep calm and carry on, corny, but hey-ho. John Kelston Merritt said, Aldridge's get ready to downsize, not a lot of room in a council house. <laughs> Mark Evidence said, never eat anything bigger than your head. Uh, Dee Dickens said, sing loudly and often and dance naked. It is good for the soul. It's not good for anybody else's soul who sees me dance naked, I can tell you, Dee. Dee had lots of uh, options and she also pointed out that if you're up at 4.36 in the morning, you can um, reply multiple times and no one's there to stop you. Um, And I also had Sarah Paskin said... Listen to Dee Dickens. Reckoned you've got one of those Christmas pile them high by the till little books of Ambridge wisdom in the making. And Robin Coddy said, keep tabs on your super. It is real money and people will want to take it. Don't eat butter chicken too often. It really is calorie packed. If you have a bad cough, try steam. Never borrow money unless it is for something that will make you money like property or tools for work. So thank you. We'll pass that on to the people of Ambridge and I hope they find it useful. I certainly have. Uh, We also discussed the fact that there's still problems with our website. Hopefully that's being fixed. Um, We discussed the fact that Kate, Emma and Pat were firing up one day. Uh, I think that was on Wednesday. Uh, Lexi um, Hohensi, I think I hope I've said that right. Said re Kate's adjoining land. Brian and Adam seem so fixated on. Well, selling land is clearly our only option. When I never heard discussion on any other options, like should we lease portions of arable to people who pay us more than arable would make? Zero creativity from those two. Put up a tourist attraction. Create a bed and breakfast. Do some eco-tourism. She's got a lot more suggestions there. And uh, it's actually good advice. They don't seem to have talked about much else. But then I guess we don't get to hear all the conversations in Ambridge every day. Uh, Witherspoon asked whether anyone else found Adam's angry response a bit hypocritical during the week. It's okay to sell the lad Kate wants to keep. But don't you dare touch a square yard of any of mine. And there was a very robust bait about that uh so i would suggest actually that you get on and have a read of that because it's well worth a read by itself we also discussed the fact that lily and freddie behaved exactly like siblings everywhere there was that wonderful petty you can just have one sip of my water which is exactly like real siblings but they were close enough to um have some hard-hitting truths and the interaction between jenny and ruth was also honest and touching I even loved that Jenny told Alice not to speak to her so disrespectfully. So we just thought that for, I think it was Thursday night, so Friday my time, but Thursday night uh, English time, uh, that we agree on a round of applause for the scriptwriters. Um, and I asked whether people were as impressed as me and you were as impressed as me. Um, Lindsay Williams said, I think a round of applause for the actors who play Lily and Freddie because they portray utterly obnoxious, privileged children who haven't the sense they were born with. Yeah, really good point. They do. Um, John Kelston Merritt said, if you remember their father didn't have a wealth of brain cells to pass on to his children. Oh, charming. Uh, Victoria Clark said, haven't they thought about the Aldridges having to buy somewhere to live? If they buy Emma's affordable home, she's going to go ballistic. Wow, you do think out of the box, everybody. Uh, 
And Terry Waldorf said, at the end of a long day, cleaning out both of her refrigerators, Jenny Darling showed her true colours by putting family first. And Terry Woodruff also made me laugh out loud by saying, but her pretending they had a bad phone connection was the best. That was funny, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Look, we've had a great week on Facebook. Thank you so much, everyone, for keeping me entertained. Can't tell you much about the forum because I keep getting the Viagra website. What am I going to do with Viagra? Anyway, so until uh, the next fortnight, I will leave you in the capable hands of Yokel Bear and from me to you, hooroo. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Yokel Bear here calling with the social media roundup. Inevitably, we spoke about one main topic this week uh, that kept coming back and back, which was the lead up to the meeting. The meeting that didn't happen, by the way. Very disappointed we didn't hear it on Friday. Long, hard stare at script writers. I'm hoping it's going to be in Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so, yeah, well, we started off talking about Brian and his interference with Ruth. You know, he he went a bit godfather, didn't he? Yeah, Ruth was disrespecting the family. Um, Robin Winning says, honestly, um, she was amazed with his behaviour and that any subsequent lawsuit, um, his interference and coercive behaviour would definitely play into the cause of action. Um, Connie Nolan said, She was outraged by Brian's behaviour and definitely trying to rig the meeting by using Jenny Darling as a poor woman unable to think for herself as a foil. Derek Warman, however, disagreed, disagreed, said it's not Brian's fault. He's trying to uh, protect his business from being destroyed by the vile Kate. Why do they let her live there at the house for rent free? It's beyond me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does she pay rent? I don't know. <laughs> she, she's, she's still staying for a couple of days. That's that's how it started, didn't it? And now it's just kind of extended onwards. Um, but we also talked about Debbie. Debbie coming back. Debbie, she's coming home. She's coming. Debbie's coming home. Um, that actually is a bit poignant after the football this week. Yeah, I don't normally like football, but I kind of I got caught up in the drama of it all, just like Eurovision, really. Anyway, um, so we had some predictions about what Debbie's going to do when she's back. Holly Ivaldi said Debbie has to judge the performing pet competition. Sean Kennedy said she smuggled goats in her suitcase to help Kate set up her goat yoga. Yeah, actually, they're really small goats. They, they use baby goats, don't they? So maybe maybe there were a couple in the suitcase. Um, Helen Hayes says she'll be relentlessly pestered by Brian's toys being hurled out of his pram. Uh, but Les- Leslie Greaves says, I don't care why she's come back. I just love hearing Tamsin Grieg's voice. But Deborah, Mi- Deborah Jean Miller said, Maybe a brief romance with Alistair? Oh, God, let's not go there. God, could you imagine Shula? Or oh, maybe we should go there. Um, also, as well, Becky, Becky Land said, she's, um, she ha- she'll have quiet and earnest conversations with all the warring parties. And by Thursday morning, she's the new England striker. Uh, ben Johnson also suggested she might <laughs> have a bit of you-know-what with Dr Locke. Um, haven't seen him for a while, have we? Anyway, so also we talked about Ruth. What are you going to do now? Now you've had the, you know, the Godfather screws put on you by Brian. Um, Dan Lord says, tell the Aldridge clan that you're sick of their bullying tactics and walk away. 
They need to hire an impartial professional to represent Ryanair's interest. Now, Dan, I don't know whether Ryanair was an autocorrect mistake or whether you're calling Rory Ryanair. Either way, I think we should all start calling Rory Ryanair. It's official. Dumpty Dum calls Rory Ryanair. Um, so, but also as well, um, Kelly Schroeder said I should probably suggest a list of imp- impartial uh, replacements if she was uh, Ruth. But more likely she gets in there and really make Brian angry, you know, just to wind him up. Yeah, I think I would as well. Um, Darius Stransky, I've got to say, Darius, you're, you're being very kind of, you know, principled here, says she needs to uphold the commitments that Ruth originally made. Whereas Karen McAdam went down a slightly different road and just said, punch Alice in the face. Well, we don't condone violence here, Caro, but, you know... <laughs> anyway, um, Phil Park said go on holiday. Georgina Colwell just said run away. Um, yeah, which is why I was a bit upset about not hearing the meeting. I want to see what happens with the whole thing with Ruth being kind of, you know, threatened. Um, I also posted something saying that I really, really enjoyed that talk, Debbie's talk with Debbie. Uh, which was better than that whack-a-mole nonsense. Um, it turns out a lot of people disagreed with me. Um, a lot of people said that um, Kate is perfectly, uh, amazingly perfectly selfish. Um, also, as well, that um, that she's not really kind of expressing empathy for other people. I know Witherspoon had a lot to say on that, about what Kate's really up to. But um, Andrew Hong pointed out, segueing into the whack-a-mole, um, we need the humour of the whack-a-mole to balance out the drama. Classic archers and Shakespeare game plan. Um, and then there was a few other posts where basically it turns out whack-a-mole's quite important. Um, quite, uh, well, quite not important, quite popular, I should say. And I'm very, very much in the minority here. Uh, Leonie Beavers also pointed out that she thought it was called Bat the Rat. But I'm pretty sure that might be some kind of euphemism, Leonie. Mm, best not say more on that. Um, we also did a little bit of talk about um, Susan and her butting in about this whole kind of, you know, the social housing and getting Neil involved and stuff like that. So we've got a really good post there. The one one person said, Shane Duggan said, you know, no matter what's going on with the, you know, the swords interfering, that he is always here for Susan's meddling. And I think deep down, we all are really. We love it when Susan has a good medal. Um, so yeah, so I mean, we've talked about other stuff about um, Alice, um, whether she was right to approach Ruth in the way she did. To be honest with you, a lot of people just thought she was drunk, to be honest with you. But there you go. So we've had quite a lot to talk about. I'm hoping the meeting will be on the Sunday episode. And maybe we can talk about that next week. But anyway, that's the social media roundup for the week. And uh, you've got Millie Bell next week. So bye. Hey, I, I, I do like that. I think, Lucy, we're going to have to start calling our Rura Rura uh, Ryanair because that, that was an autocorrect of immense proportions. Very good, very good. Thank you, Yokel Bear, for um, a great uh, social media roundup. Lucy, mm-hmm. uh, are you going to give us two works? Two, two works. Are you going to give us two weeks worth of, of tweets or are we just doing seven days? We're doing seven days. All right. Then. You really <laughs> um, did have a week off, didn't you? I really did. 
<laughs> right. Buggy Swires said, looking on the bright side, if Freddie's got the pickers on speed, the productivity at home farm should perk up no end. Um, <laughs> Zorro P. Freely, Mabina Khan and about 27 other people all started singing on Twitter. She's coming. Debbie's coming home. Hashtag the archers all over the place. So, yes, we had to put that in because so many people did it. Gary Horrocks was amused at Jennifer's suggestion that um, this is this is a pride, as it was Pride Week. This is a pride uh, a pride tweet. Um, Gary Horrocks was amused at uh, Jennifer's suggestion that they moved into a little cottage and said, yes, move into a nice little cottage. Three cubicles and a glory hole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Mabina Khan, again, during the wedding dress scene, said, oh, for fuck's sake, Fallon, go vintage. Your whole life is an episode of Heartbeat anyway. (laughs) 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 And Blue Terror 11. Tweet of the week. Blue Terror 11 uh, had Brian putting his thoughts in order. Me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Very huh. good. Uh, now, folks, there's some tomfoolery going up, going on with dumdydum.com. Oh, no. And um, I don't understand it. Um, I've had about three or four messages from people saying that when they search for dumdydum, it comes up saying Viagra, and and last week or the week before, I did. No, that was me. I've started selling it. Yeah, well done, Lucy. Got to raise funds for this house somehow. Um, uh, and I did kind of dismiss this, um, but so many people now start to say, and because the thing is, if you type in dumdum.com, you get the website. So I just typed it in, uh, but like people are saying when, when you search for it, so I don't know what can be done with that. There's some <clears throat> hacked hack nonsense has has gone on. Um, but uh, bear with us if you're having an issue when you search for dumdydum.com. Um, but one solution to it is just to type in dumdydum.com, though, folks. There is a there is a way around it, but still, I do appreciate that it is a problem and it's not helping our search engine rankings if we're associated with Viagra and, and all manner of nonsense. And uh, so, so there you go. Um, but thank you for bringing that to my attention. Uh, it's another thing we're going to have to weigh out for to try and get it fixed, I presume. Um, Normally at this point, I'd say go there. It's got a shop, it's got a forum, and it's got a tractor and all sorts. But um, just about everything. It's got Viagra. Don't well, go there. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it seems to have a, a little of those things um, at the moment, and uh, the forum is like so deathly quiet that um, if it continues to be so so quiet, we're going to have to give it the chop, and that would be rather sad because I do know that there are some listeners that aren't on Facebook and aren't on Twitter, and they do like to converse. Uh, with other dumdy dummers so if you are a dumdy dummer and you have time on your hands uh why don't you go over to dumdydum.com forward slash forum and and go and answer some people's queries and questions and stuff that's just a nice thing to do so and as regarding tractor folks we don't exactly know what we're going to do with it um i know that christina and adam the good people at cornerstone labs who put it together for us um given us uh basically said to us that there are compliance issues and uh, we haven't quite sorted out what we're going to do there but hopefully we'll keep tractor going 
So we have been asking you um, off and on for the last few uh, shows uh, to write us a review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, because it's an incredibly important way for us to get new listeners. And we've had quite a few uh, reviews uh, recently, Lucy, in the, in the last couple of months. And in the traditions of the early Dumby Dums, we'd like to rattle through the whole list of you so we can thank you by naming you. Here we go. Robin, Rob's Shosh, Kaza DU, Redania, Inner Reality, Janet of Louth, Cantab, Archer's Fan, Captain Raymond, Holt, Mumbwe, Nigel Pargett of Fan, Steph E17, Phil7234, Sue6872, Cobert Farmer, Sue Tickle, Mark the Big Ape, Alan DC1, Yogi Kim, KTK78, Inner Reality, Vintage Westerns, Jojo47152, Febrile Fox, just Trish and Lizzie MSDC. Mm. So thank you, folks. And remember, um, I know we, we're all shaking you down for something. If it's not cash, it's just <laughs> like you know, to call in, to contribute, etc. But if you can't give us any hard-earned cash and you, you are too scared to get, get on the mic and actually call in, um, go on to Apple iTunes or a podcatcher of your choice, because I know there are others out there. Um, I use Overcast myself on my phone. I don't use Apple iTunes anymore. Uh, but that is the primary one uh, where it gives us a high ranking on various kind of like podcatching services. And you don't need uh, to have an iPhone uh, to sign up for iTunes. You can just go and sign up and then write the review and then it's done and then just leave it at that. So, uh, but thank you to all of those lovely W Dummers for writing us a <coughs> review. Um, we should do a shout out for Patreon. So when you're ready, Freeman. Uh, if you would like to buy me a bottle of Benelin, that would be <laughs> very well appreciated. Thank you very much. Somebody did point out <clears throat> mm -hmm. on the Twitters the other day that we have, is it 35,000 people or something? What is something it like that. Yeah, yeah. It's between 30 and 40,000. So we have all of you lot between 30 and 40,000 of you buggers listening. And God bless you in that. But only 97 of you are Patreon subscribers. And this is, I know Patreon is a little bit of a ball ache to do, mm -hmm. but give it a go because really it's worth it for us. Um, and you're only paying, what is it? Two, you, can, you can donate for like $2 a show or something. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know. And it's it, one of the reasons I couldn't do last week was because I'm trying to do this and sell my house and do my work and look after my children and <laughs> do all those things. So, you know, this does this, it, you know, it, we love doing it, obviously, but, you know, it is hard work and it isn't a picnic and it still takes a lot of time. So if you like what we do, I think I think we're worth a couple of quid, quite frankly. So cough up, you buggers. <laughs> Otherwise, I shall come around and cough on you. <laughs> so there was that lovely post. So thank you for that. And then there was then Witherspoon did say, I actually contribute as well, but I just don't use Patreon. So you can actually uh, go on to PayPal and do um, a recurring oh, payment. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. There that's you go, then. PayPal so, is easy. Even uh, I can use PayPal. Mm -hmm. So you can do that, folks. And... Witherspoon did say there are a few of us that do that as well. So, yeah, and he is correct. There's about 20 or so that actually uh, do that. So uh, you can use PayPal as well. But anyway, um, enough of the begging bowl. 
because um, <laughs> it's so un-English, isn't it, Lucy? I know. So I'm flushed with embarrassment now. Mm-hmm. Folks, to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe by going on to dumdum.com or you can call us on 02030313105 to leave us a message via a phone. On social media, which, as I've said on many times before, is actually where this podcast was was spawned. Uh, Specifically, Twitter. You can find Lucy and I. You can find Lucy and I at Dumdy Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V Freeman, and I can be found quite simply at Royfield. And of course, there is Facebook, and I believe we've got our two thousand now. And if we not, if we haven't, we're perilously close. And uh, and that's the Yokel Bear with a Spoon and Millie Bell show. So, uh, Lucy, <clears throat> yes, we live in a world where the President of the United States is obviously uh, a double agent for Russia. <laughs> England have crashed out of the World Cup, but the boys did us proud. Um, any passing, only Parthian shots. Never have we needed the archers more. (laughs) If there ever was a moment in history Mm. where we needed to hear a dog being taught to bark to five, (laughs) this is it, I would say. Well, can't top that, folks. See you all again in seven days' time for some more rip-roaring archers analysis in action. (laughs) Bye. Well done, you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.